Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake. As always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the lovely WXCI studios. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a few things before we roll into our normal topics. we got some new teams coming to the league next year. Uh, those being the team in Baton Rouge, as well as what is most likely going to be a team in With County, Virginia. Um, Baton Rouge is going to be an interesting one. They held a few exhibition games this year to see if that'd be, you know, a worthy spot to put a new team. And I believe both games sold out completely. So, you know, there is interest still there. So they decided they're going to put a team there next season. With County also got approved. They didn't have any exhibition games, though. I believe their rank is still under construction as of now. So they they are going forward with everything. They're already having a name the team contest type of deal. I don't I believe Baton Rouge is also holding the same thing, but I I honestly would not be surprised if they did the Kingfish again. But I don't know if they really would. I don't know if the interest for the Kingfish still remains in Baton Rouge, but um you know, what do you think about these two new teams coming in next year? Uh my thoughts are that we've got um, a place like Baton Rouge coming back, they, they've got a history in the, the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, I'm not 100% kind of sure how, how long they were around. But, uh, again, you, you see you see the Federal Hockey League going into an opportunity area, a place where there hasn't been hockey uh, for a long time. And I think that, you know, Whenever local people uh, get the idea um, that they want to bring something back, the the reality is that in this league it's possible, right? Uh, The budgets are low enough. um, The footprint is strong right now. If you wanted to enter a team into the FPHL down south, um, just looking at it right now, it looks like the Baton Rouge King fish played from 1996 to 2003 so again it's about 20 years since they've had a hockey team um my feeling is that if you can generate the type of buzz that the mississippi seawolves created by bringing back that logo and that kind of team name it's worth doing but if you have a situation like baton rouge uh, you know, I, I again, I don't know uh, what their what their kind of history was. If they won any championships, if they're on that level for local people, would there be something to hang a hat on? But uh, that's usually the case. Do I think it'll be the Kingfish? I think it probably should. Um, it was a good name. Uh, it, it's a name that might evoke some nostalgia for people. But, I mean, I think we're talking also, too, about the other Virginia team. 
what do you know about what's happening there? Um, to the extent, I mean, I know we talked about this a few months back, but I know I believe they're still building a rink there. They since then, I believe last week or the week prior, they've created a Facebook page. You know, having like a coming soon under renovation type deal on the page. Um, they've also opened up a name the team contest, so they're getting ready to kind of give the team a brand name and really form the social media scape there. And that's that's kind of where they're at. I haven't really heard any other developments about their rink, if it's re- going to be ready to go, if it's still got a few months left of construction before they can go or what. But, you know, if we're going back to that video we watched in, you know, early November, late October, from there they were saying about nine months would be the turnaround. So given they should be done by late July, early August, if they're going to be holding true to that. So they should be mostly done. Um, but I don't know. I don't know the market down there really for, you know, Virginia, at least that part of Virginia. Um, uh, you may know it a little more than myself, Matt, but I don't know if that's... I don't know much about what's going on down there. Um, it does seem a little cautious of an idea i'm not quite sure if if uh again i don't know enough about the population of this area but i it does bring me it does bring me to a really interesting moment in minor league hockey history that took place between 1983 and 1985 uh in spruce pine north carolina uh with the Pine Bridge Bucks, who were a member of the Atlantic Coast Hockey League, which predated what we know today as the ECHL. And they um, they played their home games in the uh, Pine Bridge Coliseum, where they weren't able to sell beer because uh, the Coliseum itself was in a dry county. And furthermore, it was an area, uh, Spruce Pine, which had a population of just over 2,000 people. So it seems like there's a there's a kind of history repeating itself from about 40 years ago when this team was launched in the middle of nowhere in Virginia in a similarly low-level league. Listen, uh, the people who do these things, Barry Soskin, and uh, these people have money, and they've been doing the Federal Hockey League for a long time now. Uh it, is there an opportunity there to establish a team that'll be in the right geographic footprint? Um, maybe it it's it just seems like a place that's not really lending itself to having a strong local fan base, or uh, just from what we've heard, uh, and we also don't know much about the business community, which you know the fans of this show may know better than any fans listening to you know shows about hockey in the federal league that the, the sponsors and the business community are a big part of the team those individuals and those those corporations they're just they're just huge so to me uh, again it might not be in the Whiteville Virginia situation what I would view as a, a good strong market for this league a good market that um, with so many markets, that have a history of pro hockey all over the eastern seaboard and uh, you know from anywhere in the midwest on in 
it would just seem like a head scratcher to put a new team in an area where the population is lower than the capacity of Danbury Arena on a on a packed night. So again, there's other people involved that know better than I do about what's going on down there. But again, it does seem, uh, again, it just does seem like there's other markets out there that might be better suited for the league, might be uh, have a fan base that's ready and, and have an arena that is also pretty much game night ready. And given that, um, we want to talk about some places that, you know, we think the Fed would kind of be good for, at least, you know, state-wise. I know you have a few, so I'll let you kick yours off. Well, first. why don't you go? Because everybody probably knows mine. But <laughs> go ahead, you go. Um, I mean, really, i like to see a few more teams in New England, mainly like New Hampshire, Vermont, though. I don't know if it would work, but the, I'd like to see it there. The problem with Vermont is it's, I believe it's the only state... Uh, in the United States that doesn't have a an arena that fits 5,000 people or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But there definitely seems to be places where this could potentially work. Um, and I'm not even just limiting it to there. I'm just saying New England in general. But I know like a team in Mass, that would kind of be a little difficult. Yeah, do, considering you have all of the Boston sports like right there. I just can't think of what empty arena and like I don't do it by the city. I start with the arena because mm-hmm. that's the basic thing that you need. Where's there an empty arena? And then you you go okay, is there an owner? And and maybe even before that you say hey what what would the reaction from the business community be? Would they want to support a team like this? Would they want to put money in bulk up front to help get it going? But um, if I had my way and I had a bunch of money, uh, I don't know if I would fe- spend it on the Federal Hockey League. But I could, t- I could tell you that, um, you know, last summer I spent some time in Atlantic City and I got uh, to meet some of the people in, in in the business community down there, some people that are uh, younger people, people that are just around 40 that have opened up new businesses and have started businesses and have taken over old businesses. And the feedback I got from them was they wanted more stuff to call their own in Atlantic City, something more uh, catered towards families and entertainment and uh, kind of a good night out rather than just what you'd have to choose from at the casinos. I've listen. I've seen it with my own eyes. I think Atlantic City is a great sports area. I think there's a ton of fans, Flyers fans. Uh, you got your New York sports fans that creep in, but yet you have a good area. I'd like to see Atlantic City back in. It would be great uh, for Danbury. It would be great for the league. I think two other places come to mind. And again, I, I don't know if I've mentioned them on this show. Manchester, New Hampshire, which was home of an AHL team, uh, part of the Anschutz Group, the LA Kings organization, for a long time. The Manchester Manchester Monarchs. Um, yeah, you know they they ended up dropping down to the ECHL. Basically, there was a switch at one point, and the Ontario Reign became an AHL team, and the Manchester Monarchs dropped down to the ECHL. The local people didn't really buy it. But look, I don't think the AHL is returning there. 
and with the rise of college hockey and other things, I you know, I don't think it would be smart for any AHL team to go there. Again, if you're not going to be affiliated with the Boston Bruins, I don't know what chance you have uh, to kind of make it as an affiliated team in that Boston area. It brings me back to another point in which I think New England should have two NHL teams. Uh, it was stupid to leave Hartford. You can't go back to Hartford now because the market's been ruined. But, yeah, maybe Manchester, New Hampshire would be a good minor league outpost for a Hartford NHL team. But it's just not going to work as long as the the Bruins are with Providence. So, yeah, my I, I'd love to see Manchester, New Hampshire come into the Fed, have their own team, their own brand. I think there's a ton of talent in New England. And speaking of talent and places... Lewiston, Maine has a historic rink. Muhammad Ali fought Sonny Liston in there. They've had the NAHL there for a while. I'm not exactly sure what's happening up at that rink. I've heard a few different things about, uh, you know, the the future there. But, again, this might be a great place for the Federal Hockey League to look at. Could they get into Lewiston? Then we have another place that comes to mind, actually, just kind of thinking about Maine, would be a, the Cross Insurance Center near Bangor, Maine. Again, a little bit far, but if, if, it, if in an FPHL where Manchester, New Hampshire's in the league and Danbury, Connecticut's in the league, yeah, maybe Bangor makes sense. Uh, maybe, you know, they're not close by, but it, maybe it makes enough sense. So I think that there are places that we have to identify. I, I think it's important that um, the league grows in this area as well, in the Northeast and in New England. Uh, it, it, it's good for the hat tricks. Um, if we can have a more compact division where the bus trips are really only between two and four hours, um, I, I just think that makes a difference for everybody. You know, and then to kind of piggyback off of you know amazing talent brian wilson set the brand new well set a new record for most wins by a goaltender in the fphl having himself a season with 31 wins five losses so and then you know five overtime losses but you know he took over the record that had been there for about I would say, what is it now, four, four almost going on five years, which was held by Christian Pavlos, um, then playing for the Thunderbirds, who had 30 wins at that the end of that season. Um, currently, he's been doing pretty well in Columbus, um, you know, making his little return to the league there. But again, we want to congratulate Brian on an amazing achievement that, you know, is now a record for the league. Yeah, and I think that Brian Wilson has been dialed in all season. Um, he's looked good in practice. He was called up to um, be on the bench in the AHL, and I know he did some kind of practice goalie work with the New Jersey Devils this year, uh, working with John Marino while he was injured. So, yeah, I, listen, I'm not surprised at all. Uh Starting with from the very beginning of the season, I think he was way more concentrated. I think he uh, w- was just dialed in and, and, and 
working hard all year to stay at a really high and competitive level. Brian Wilson competes very hard. So I, I think it was, uh, you know, congratulations to him. Hat, hats off. You know, last weekend we went against Port Huron in the final series for the regular season, taking the wins um, for the weekend there. We won 5-3 to three on Friday and then capped it off with a 4-1 win on Saturday. So, you know, pretty much what most Hadrick fans would expect. Good games, you know, by both teams. Got McKittrick getting the first star on that first night with two goals and an assist. Then on night two, got Brian Wilson with a third star making 50 saves. And Ruiz getting two goals for first star that night. So definitely a great way to end the regular season, you know, on a high note of which we will hopefully ride the momentum of going into this round one of the playoffs of which we'll be facing the Elmira Mammoth on the road on Friday for a 7.35 p.m. Yeah, before matchup. before we get into that, you know, I did, I did really, I very rarely comment on these things, but there was just a brutal cross-check to the back of the head of Daniel Amesbury last week um, by yes. one of the Port Huron players, Adam Heinzel. And it was actually pretty hysterical because this guy really is, I, I actually give him credit for being so stupid as to do that to Amesbury. Um, I was working the penalty box earlier this season at Danbury Arena, and this guy Heinzel attempted to chirp Amesbury. And uh, I guess he couldn't really read the stats so well. And he tried to yell that Amesbury had no points for the season, that he had zero points. I remember this. And the ironic thing was, at the time, Daniel Amesbury had recorded eight points, and this was right after he'd been suspended a bunch of games. And this guy, Heinzel, who's played 49 games this season, I believe, yes, has a total of 10 points, and that night he only had nine. So it was kind of, uh, I don't know, embarrassing to hear the guy try and chirp Amesbury about not scoring any points when he basically had totaled the same amount of points that Amesbury had. And it was equally embarrassing to watch him try and run him from behind with a filthy and illegal cross-check that probably should have got him suspended for the rest of the season. It's inconsistent refereeing that we've seen time and time again in this league. Inconsistent, uh, you know, punishment, uh, whatever you would call it, for these type of instances. And, uh, you know, uh, I was talking to... You know some guys today and I, I just told them that you know success is the best revenge and I and I hope that the guys are dialed in and and I know I know that um you know the, the next few weeks are really big and instances like this I hope it just adds fuel to the fire not only of the players but of the fans uh, you know I think we think now's our time you know like I guess we could start talking about the playoffs now Pat because now's our time uh, at Danbury Arena to be relentless, not just on the ice, but in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, these next couple of weeks, where you know, where, like I said, we're this close, and you know, my my finger and my my thumb and my index finger are touching. We're, we're that close, <laughs> you know. And, and it's just like, we really, uh, the people have been coming out, the fans have been great. But I think if you listen to this show, or if you're hearing the show now, and you haven't been to a game in a while, or 
you know, or you've got stuff on your calendar, clear your calendar. Uh, right now is, is the time for us to just rally around Danbury, rally around the hat tricks, rally around Billy, Johnny, Gonzo, um, you know, th- these guys, Gordy, that, that just brings so much to the team every night. And, uh, you know, nobody's going to have to worry about where I am. I think we just need to, to come together as a group. Yeah, and, you know, going into round one, obviously against Elmira, um, it should be a relatively easy set. I'm going to knock on wood for that one. Um, But, you know, going into stats-wise overall, obviously in the head-to-head for the season, we sweeped them over the 10 games. Um, You know, we have a higher points percentage with a .764 over the series. Um, They managed to sneak out and have a better power play by only just a few, like the smallest percentage. They got a .169 power play but we came out on top of that PK 0.819 on the penalty kill. So it, it's, I guess, on the power play, like on our penalty kill, we got to be a little more careful that they don't kind of sneak out because I noticed that in the last time we were there in Elmira, they were able to get some some goals that they really shouldn't have off of, you know, dumb penalties that shouldn't have even been taken. So, again, to go off of, you know, Matt saying, hope these guys are dialed in, I, I really hope so too, and I, I believe they are especially for a series like this because you know the playoffs you you can't make little mistakes you know you'll you'll hear this you'll hear Riley say this a lot you know uh later on in this episode but you know little mistakes can't happen and it's you just got to be playing like it's your last game through and through and um I'm excited for it that it's a it's a brand new playoff season I'm more excited for this one than I was last year yeah I definitely am I it's it's just been so humbling to follow along and see what these guys have kind of endured. Most of them are far from their families and, and, you know, obviously there's, you don't play in this league to make money and it's all about the glory. And I think right now, um, you know, that's what's right in front of us and that's what we got to reach towards. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just a collective feeling. I, I feel like, um, we've got an opportunity and we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and, you know, then to also mention we're going to be going on the road together for this game, Matt and I. So you'll be seeing content shared through the Hattrick City Instagram and whatever else we want to put things on. But we'll be there giving updates, doing our thing. I'll be there working the live stream for Hattrick. So, you know, any any complaints about camera work, hopefully, you know, God forbid I do bad yeah i think i think we'll try and record some stuff too i think it would be cool if we record like i know you have your video plans but i think it would be cool if we could kind of bring some of the audio of the road trip to the fans we could definitely do that we can get some sound bites going and we'll we'll play them in the next week's and we'll we'll maybe we can create like a mini episode within the episode next week of of our findings but uh we've definitely got the equipment to do it now i think so um guys Saturday night, Danbury Arena. We we definitely got at least one game there this weekend, and everybody's got to come out. And there's potential for two, right? Yes. If we lose either the you know that Friday or Saturday game, um, there will be a third game on Sunday. You know, being that this is a best of three series, um, we also want to mention a few of the other playoff series going on as well. We have the so we're recording 
we're recording on Wednesday. Yes, the the Fed playoffs actually start today um, with the Columbus River Dragons at Big Boy Arena in Fraser, Michigan. Correct. Ho- um, you Against know. Motor City. Yes. So th- those these will be a best of three in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, um, and then the rest of the games start on Friday. Um, you know, here in the Empire, you got Binghamton playing in Watertown that Friday, and Carolina playing in Port Huron. So definitely some interesting games. Um, you know, in this series, I I feel though, you know, if we make it through the next round, a lot of knocking on wood this episode. Um, it'll most likely be against Binghamton, and then that'll be another best of three in the finals. Yeah. So just to yeah. run just to run through it real quick, Danbury will be facing Elmira in the first round, and we will. Um, you know, hope to play the winner of the Binghamton and Watertown series with the second round, the semifinals. In the Continental Division, Carolina will play in Port Huron on Friday night against the Prowlers, and the winner of that series will face the winner of the Motor City Rockers and the Columbus River Dragon series. So we're we're right down on it right now, folks. Uh, it's it's been a long season of hockey, a lot of changes um, for Danbury for sure. It's a very different lineup than we had last season at the end of the year, and I uh, I, I I think it's good, and I think that um, this is going to be the most fun I think this league has been in a couple of years. You know, you had last season where. Uh, I think teams were trying to get up and running again fully. And then you had the season before, which was this COVID season. And then you had the season before that, which was shortened uh, due to COVID. It was cut short due to COVID. So I think this is the FPHL with, you know, full steam ahead right now. And uh, we're in the playoffs. So the weaker teams are out. And I do feel like uh, it's going to be an entertaining, you know, month to the finish line here. Of course, and you know, with that being said, I want to take you into this week's interview we had with Riley Robertson. Great interview. Amazing interview, so stay tuned. Hey, this is number four, Jared Yao, defenseman of the Danbury Hattricks, and you're listening to Hattrick City on WXCI. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Kick, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. Today in the studio, we got Riley Robertson. Riley, how we doing today? Doing pretty good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Riley, good to see you in here. Uh, first time on the show. I know Johnny McDonald wants to come back on, but it's we're, we're powering through this list, and we finally got to Riley, who's probably got more pro experience than half the guys we had on, but... Uh, Good to see you in here today, Riley. How was how practice today? We were just talking about that drill you guys were doing. It looks like you guys are in good spirits. Yeah, you know, we're just trying to keep up the energy this week, getting ready for playoffs. Uh, you know, just looking at what Allmire's doing, trying to figure out ways that we can beat them, and yeah, doing some hard work today. Tell us a little bit about where you're from. Where are you actually from? So I'm from Port Elgin, Ontario. I know I've I've lived kind of all over the place with hockey, which is kind of cool. You get to see a bunch of new places. Where's your hometown situated? It's what? like Western Ontario, so right on Lake Huron there. Are you near? Um, what's the nearest city? I guess Owen Sound would be the biggest. Yeah. Wow. Probably 45 minutes away from there. That's pretty cool. Is that like near? Is that kind of near Detroit? Or? Um. 
So Port Huron, it's like yeah, two, three hours north of Port Huron there. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So, so last weekend was like a home game for you, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah it was pretty fortunate. The family came down, had yeah? some friends, yeah, come watch the game. How has your family ever made it out to here to Danbury? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about a month or two ago, they came down to watch a couple games. Your mom and dad? Yeah. Oh, and cool. Sister there too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I think they're actually coming down this weekend to watch. Elmira? Well. Yeah. Well, they're going to Elmira and then they're coming and to Danbury as well. How I wonder how far that is from your home. Uh, it's probably eleven. Because yeah, when I came down, it was probably nine hours from Toronto. So yeah, I'd say eleven hours. Wow. Take us through like a little bit of your career. Like where where does it start getting serious for you around the high school years, or where where, where does it go? I would say yeah, right, right at the beginning of high school. Like I, I played mostly every sport growing up. You know, just dabble a little bit in each, and just with travel and everything, I had to pick one. Especially being in uh, Port Elgin, there you can only travel one way. So <laughs> playing other teams, you know, I can remember back in triple a the closest team was probably two hours away wow it was guelph so you know there was a lot of travel so i just i don't know i, I loved hockey and had a bunch of buddies playing hockey too what else did you play uh, lacrosse volleyball basketball a little bit of soccer baseball soccer <laughs> what position did you play oh that, that was when i was like pretty young there yeah, yeah, and i yeah. kind of gave up that was one of the first ones too much running i gave that one up pretty quick you could have been a good goalie though i figured Goal, you got yeah. the, the stretch the for reach, it yeah. you know what i mean also the same with basketball and volleyball there just kind of stand there get the rebounds so i guess you were in the oj when you were about 16 i guess that was my first year junior yeah i think i was 15 16 really awesome spot there that's kind of right east of toronto and uh yeah, it was a great experience. You know, I was a little nervous. That was the first time leaving home there, too. And, you know, my dad just said, you know. That was he, the first time you left home? Yeah. yeah. Like, he played hockey growing up, too. And he said, you know, it's going to be a hell of an experience. So. What was uh, what was that place like where you went? Uh, you know, it's pretty similar to home. So, Port Elgin's a, be- a little beach town. Coburg's right on was that Lake Ontario there. So, very similar to home. And, you know, awesome, awesome rink there and lots of fans, too. And then you moved on, but take us through the next couple of years, you know? Yeah, so, you know, I had a decent year there in Coburg, got some good experience, and, um, you know, things didn't work out there the next year. And then I had a couple of buddies playing Listowel, Ontario, which is in the GOJHL. So I, you know, I stayed there. I had some injuries there back in junior, so I, I missed probably a year or two, which was unfortunate. But, you know, I had four or five years in Listowel there, and, Probably best years of my life. Yeah, and what what kind of happened after that? I mean, did you go the? What were your options when that time was up? After juniors? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I still wanted to keep playing. You know, I missed a lot of time in juniors era, so I still you know really excited to play more hockey. You know, I was looking around, wasn't getting too many looks in juniors, unfortunate. But uh, I actually had a buddy and. Listowel, Ontario there and he was playing in Grand Rapids at Calvin University so he told me to come down and check it out and school was pretty important to me too having a good uh, program there and they had an awesome engineering program wow. so yeah ended up going to Calvin there. Is that what you studied? Yeah mechanical engineering. Is that a club team? Yeah yeah so uh, the year before I got down there I think it was D3 ACHA so my first year going in there they made the step up to D1. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was, it was good four years, you know, kind of started at the bottom of the pack, but it was good to see the team progress and every year we just got better and better. 
What's the competition out there like? Like the guys that are in playing ACHA in Michigan. What what would you say the the level of skill is like? You know, I honestly had no idea what the ACHA was before I even went down there to right. check it out. But uh, you know, I'd say there's some some really good teams on there. You know, I some junior B, junior A guys go down, especially teams like Adrian Davenport. When I got down there, there were a couple powerhouses and some really good players. And then, I mean, that was a. Did you finish your degree and everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I graduated 2021. 20, so what was your hope to do with the engineering degree? Uh, I don't know. The good thing about that program is it's very general. There's a lot of stuff you can do, and, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly I want to do with it. And same with, the, yeah, the summer, I guess i got to try and figure out, you know, a job-related yeah. something, something to do. <laughs> you made it through – you made it through COVID – in college right and then you turned pro last season did you start out in knoxville or yeah so i did a couple free agent camps last summer i did knoxville first uh this is summer of 2021 right yeah yeah so i graduated i actually wanted to try and play in europe that summer but uh, or not that summer but looking for teams that summer and i guess i was just a little too late trying to find a team so were you looking at um teams that like connected maybe to a grad school or something like that or because you know how, like, some of those foreign teams offer the, the grad school and stuff? Oh, do you? No, I, I just... Yeah, you were just going to yeah, go play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of have a connection of a connection. He was in uh, Austria there, so he was looking around a bit, but just said, you know, it was, I think it was June, July when I was looking around, so most of those rosters are full. So, I yeah, I ended up doing a couple free agent camps there. I think, like I said, Knoxville, Vermilion, and Quad City. Wow. And then, well, I, yeah, so I, I did all three of those, and... Uh, it's probably the end of the summer. Quad City was my last one there. Didn't hear anything back, so I was just like, oh, shoot, I guess I'll just go home, you know, find a job, whatever. Then on my way back from Quad City, Knoxville actually gave me a call and wow. told me to come down to their main camp. Which, so. And you lasted there for a while. You played over 30 games, huh? Yeah, I think it was March when I got released. And, like, it, that was a great experience, too. You know, we had a great team, great players on, on there. And, uh, yeah, I think... I don't know what the record was, but, yeah, we had a solid team there. Tell us a little bit about last season and kind of joining that Watertown team that went all the way. Yeah, so the same thing. Like, I didn't really know that much about the Fed Hockey League either, so I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. But, you know, I was in Knoxville just waiting around, trying to figure out what I was doing. And the coach there in Knoxville knew uh, – the coach there in Watertown, so he told me, you know, that'd be a great spot to go. I think they were top of the standings there too. So, yeah, I got there, and they had a very solid team there as well, older kind of veteran team. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to make it there, and we had a good run. Did you play in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I got there, and I think it was beginning of March, so I got probably 15 games in and playoffs as well. Wow. What do you remember about kind of the process there? Yeah, um, you know, it was the same thing. Like, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect. But, uh, you know, there's some good teams there last year. And, yeah, the playoff run, it's just as soon as playoffs start, you know, it's just a completely different game. It's just very simple, hard hockey. And, you know, I was obviously pretty nervous for the first game there. But uh, things fell into place. Kind of nice to win a championship when you're a rookie, <laughs> huh? Yeah, like, was, yeah uh, I was very fortunate to win it that year. And, like I said, there was a lot of good players. There are a lot of veteran players. Like even a lot of guys are up in the SP now. 
Yeah, yeah, tearing it up. A lot of that team. Yeah. yeah. Do, did like did it cross your mind maybe to just quit after the season? Like were you like ah oh, you know we won the championship after last well yeah well no because uh, so the season ended there you know obviously awesome feeling when you you want to win again right, <laughs> once, right, once you get a right. little taste you that's the way more, to look but, at it good but it ended in the like same thing I wanted to try and play in Europe so I reached out to that guy again the connection Austria there and you ended up in Poland right Poland yeah yeah I kind of went all summer didn't hear much again so I <laughs> I was gonna just try out for Knoxville again and then I forget when it was probably October the guy reached out to me he was like like you want to go to Poland like you got two days to decide this was probably a week before Knoxville's camp, so I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, like getting ready for an SP camp. But, right. you know, I was like, something I always wanted to try, so I said, you know, screw it, I'll give it a try. And, like, I think that some of the people who come to the games and maybe listen to the show, they might be kind of interested to know, okay, so you, you get that offer to go and play in Poland, but what is then like the protocol after that? Do you pay for your own ticket? Do you fly? Is there gear waiting for you? Like how does how does it all work? Like I mean, it's all different from right to team league. to team. But in your so in, in, in my uh, situation situation there, yeah. Uh, so they said uh, I, I had to buy my own ticket there. But once I got over, you know, you start getting paid and everything. You own apartment. It's kind of similar to here. But yeah, that was the only thing I had to pay for my ticket to get over there. You had your own apartment. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was a little different situation there. Yeah, they had guys kind of spread out through the city, like a guy per apartment, which was kind of weird, I found. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not the way we do it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, little, a little different than here. <laughs> Everybody's at the Holiday Inn. Yeah, which I don't know, kind of good, kind of buy. Like, it's it's nice seeing the guys every day, but it's also nice to, you know, have your own place. Have your own space, yeah. yeah. But uh, what – What's it like over there? Do they play one game every week, or is it multiple games in a week? Like the, the team you were playing on, is that like the second division or third uh, division? It was the first division, yeah. It's typically it's the same as here, you know, two games on the weekend, practice throughout the week, except for, uh, well, they usually have a bigger chunk for the, there's a, I forget what, the, the national break, or like where players just go off and play their, for their country there. Uh-huh. So, international break. Was, yeah, well, it's interesting. I still... Wasn't exactly sure what was going on. There, <laughs> you probably had no idea what I, anybody was saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was the other thing, too. The coach would speak English or no? He was from Finland, but, yeah, his his English was pretty good. But, uh, you know, he had, he had players from Finland, Belarus, uh, obviously from Poland. So just kind of all over the place. And English obviously wasn't their first language. But I think there was probably three or four guys I could actually have a solid conversation with because i remember the guy sitting next to me <laughs> i actually had to get one guy to translate and you have no roommate yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but no there's three guys i could talk to you know um but as i said the, the guy sitting next to me had to get someone else to translate oh it was goodness. just something like like where do you go to school and he's just looking at me like <laughs> no idea what you're saying i'm like oh. so it was kind of tough there but yeah it was nice that the coach spoke a little he said everything in english which was nice that's crazy man yeah. like I, I can only imagine uh, you know, those situations where you come over there and nobody really speaks English. But what what I wanted to ask is like, how's how's the game itself? Is it the wider rinks over there and a lot less hitting? And yeah, I mean for sure the ice is a, a lot bigger there. So it honestly a completely different game. What I found just more from what you play, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, especially my style, but 
found a lot of guys. It's just speed, skill, not not a lot of hitting. Fight like rarely any fight. I think I had, well, there was two that when I was there. I think I had one of them, and everyone was just like, "What is it?" They're just going nuts. Really? Like, the fans, yeah. You get tossed for fighting? Uh yeah. And like suspended or? Well, it, it's kind of weird there, because I, I think it was my first or second game. Someone fought and like they stayed in the game, which mm. was, I thought you get at least one game suspension. But so yeah, when I fought, I had the one game suspension. Wow. I guess it depends how long it goes or something. Or I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Some stupid technicality. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Um, and then you know, with having that language barrier, was there any like phrases people taught you, like how to say? Uh, I bet, yeah, I know one of them. I think, yeah. Well, <laughs> Kurva. Kurva, yeah. thought that was somebody's name the first <laughs> couple of weeks. Here. Alex, like, that's for you. Who's Kurva? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I tried to learn. I had YouTube and what's the other, some language I was trying to learn Polish. And it, yeah, like it's a I rough one. I think it's one, one of the top, toughest ones to learn. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, just small for it, like, Cinkuya, like, thank you. And None uh, of... I don't really feel like you can sound out any of the words in Polish. It's just too many consonants. Oh, and they're like, like this long. They're just oh, huge, yeah. too. I'm like, like, and Polish last names can vary, too. Like, there is the ski and the ickies or whoever it is. But, yeah, and they, they, you could also have, uh, like, Polish last names that you would never know. Yeah. Like, uh, A lot of skis on the team, man. What was the, uh, what was the, the city where you played? What was it like? Uh, Torn, it, it was actually really nice. It's a big uh, tour spot. So I, I think it was like 100,000 people. But yeah, Skiing or lakes? or um, It's right on a river. Okay. But it, uh, like downtown area was just gorgeous. It's super old building. I think they were from like the 1300s. Wow. Cathedrals and all that stuff. So yeah, I made it down downtown a couple times just to check out the scenery. And kind of what happens there? I mean, you ended up here pretty quickly. When does the season start there? Um, so when I got there, which was end of October, like they were already 10 games in. So, yeah, I think it's September, maybe September, beginning of September. Mm-hmm. Guys get there in July. So it's, it's a lot sooner than here. But, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, there were 10 games in when I got there. That's crazy. And then how, did, how long, when did you get here? So I got home wasn't exactly sure what I was going to be doing because I, so I was in Watertown last year and I know Coachman was there uh, beginning of the beginning of the uh, the year there like that's right he was the coach at the start of the season Justin yeah, Coachman in Watertown so, yeah well he, so he was my D partner after, God bless this league yeah he was my D partner <laughs> last year yeah. so he reached out to me at the beginning of the year just asking what I was doing if I was going to swing by and obviously I went to Europe there so I got back and I think it was the week I got back he got released wow so I'm like, I wasn't sure the coach was there, and I noticed like half the team was gone anyways. So I yeah. was like, just stayed home, you know, reached out to a couple guys. I told, well, it's kind of a funny story. So I met Kuzi last year on the way to Knoxville. So Knoxville, their coach called me. He's like, hey, can you pick up this Russian from the airport in Detroit? As I was in Grand Rapids, I'm like, that was kind of weird, but sure, like I'll go pick him up and take him down. So that's how I got to know no, uh, Koozie there. And we had to go up to the border, get our P1, all that stuff, made the drive down. So I, I reached out to Koozie a lot, or yeah, when I got released from Poland, just asking what was up. I saw they were on a pretty good year. He said, yeah, come on, I'll reach out to the coach there and come by. And the rest is history. You yeah, just, you've been here and, and you've been a big part of the team. It's, uh, 
kind of it just all comes together in this league sometimes you know the the it, and one thing i wanted to say was it's amazing how many you know, for better or worse, it's amazing how many of the guys, not just on our team, but I imagine on some of the other teams, meet like at an SPHL camp. It's like, hey, we we were like, you know, buddies in 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 the camp or whatever, and it's like, I'm going to this place. We we need a D man. You want to come along? Like, and it's kind of like almost like a surfer's vibe or something like yeah. that. It's like, hey, we're gonna go chase the wave in Danbury now, man. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, the hockey world is very small. Yeah, once you get up to SP and make all these connections. And- I don't think that the fans even realize how small it is. If you really think about it, right, we're in a a 10-team league, right? And and the SP isn't even a 10-team league anymore. I think they're down to like seven or eight teams. Yeah, after Vermilion. Yeah, after, yeah. after the, the Vermilion County Bobcats ceased. <laughs> um, where we also got players that came right after uh, in Abdella and uh, Igor. Mm-hmm. So they either came, they either came after or they came uh, slightly before as a result of things going on there. But it really is amazing how this it's quite frankly it's just a small world, you know. It's a it's a kind of a a a, 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 it's, a it's the same pool of guys that move around. It really is amazing how many of those guys um, from Watertown's team are with uh, Knoxville right now, and how. They're you know they've been doing good right they haven't had any changes all season yeah no and even I remember when Clarkie got the call up to there to Knoxville and they made all these Fed signings and stuff you know some of the players or or the fans were like oh like what's he doing bringing the whole team like kind of we're gonna have a shitty team this year but you know obviously they're having a or they did have a pretty solid season there it's interesting I think that it's just that I I I don't know what it is is it the nicer arenas is it the places with nicer weather at this point they i guess they do pay a little bit more in the sphl sp yeah i would say yeah a little little more there i'm not exactly sure what the what the numbers are yeah yeah, i'm not either i'm not sure myself but i imagine they do pay a little more but i don't there just aren't there just aren't enough jobs in this whole universe for the competition to be so far apart. It's really I don't think it really is. I mean, I'm sure maybe the top 3 teams are going to kill our bottom 3 teams, but that's probably in any league yeah. in the world and probably in Major League Baseball and I'm sure the NHL on certain nights too. You know, it's like the that if even if you're in this what I'm trying to say is if you put the SPHL and the FPHL together, uh the top and the bottom are probably far, but probably not the top and the middle, you know, of, of the mixing of that group. I think everybody's probably I think I think there's a lot of guys that could play either night in each league. For sure, yeah. No, I'd have there's definitely some players in the Fed here that can make the step up to the SP and hundred percent. They don't actually have enough teams, I don't think. And what I'm saying is it's like there's there's not there's not a lot of teams one level up from here, so it's hard to get a job, and that means that there's a lot of good players at this level, fr- frankly, you know. But because um, yeah, even when I got released from Knoxville, there like I heard stories about the Fed, you know, watched the Danbury documentary and all that <laughs> stuff too. So I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a huge like. Did you play here last season when you were with the Watertown? Yeah, we yeah, played I here a bunch, right? Well, it was right at the end of the year. I think I got maybe two games in at the end of the season, which. Uh, you know, I see. Yeah, it's 
tough playing here when you're the opposing team but uh it's definitely nice being on the opposite side this year have some awesome fans yeah like how does it feel like you went from like the villains team last year to now you're on our team yeah i was was pretty fortunate i don't think they picked on me too much but uh, (laughs) some some of the players definitely got uh got a lot of crap (laughs) but yeah i know it's awesome every night going out there and you know they're right behind their bench just giving them giving them crap and no, it's been it's been an awesome time since I've been here. And who's your roommate right now? It's uh, Marchie. Oh wow! Yeah. Of course, that, they put the two you know <laughs> tallest guys in yeah. the same room. That's why you were pushing them around a little in practice today. I <laughs> saw get, that. Always got to give it to him. Yeah. Got to give him an extra shove. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, he's he's been a he's been a good roommate. Yeah. yeah, that was cool watching. I don't know if we talked about it already, but I mean that was cool watching you guys do that drill where the sticks were upside down. Because a few guys made some good plays, you know. Basically, the the players were holding their sticks by the blade, and the butt end was basically on the ice, and they were in the defensive zone. And it was really cool watching these guys battle with basically like a you know it looked like a cane, you know, it looked like you're yeah. holding canes, you Playing know, a little uh, ring at. Yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah, it looked like a like a look like you know. Uh, just a stick <laughs> you know what i mean not not a hockey stick but uh what what can you say about you you've played on a few different pro teams now in a couple of different leagues and in, in in uh two different countries like having played for a long time yourself in the juniors and stuff and even in college how important are these practices and what goes on in practice at this level just in your mind having been on a championship team yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, with having Billy here, like he knows what he's talking about. He's been around the game a lot. Sometimes you get coaches that don't necessarily know or haven't played the game either. I feel like that helps a lot when you've played growing up and then you go into coaching. And so you know, we're just some teams I played on don't have quite as many systems and all that. So you just had coaches that kind of go out there, play your game. You know, they don't work on D zone, offensive zone plays, and all that stuff, but. No being here, yeah, Billy, he's he's got everything down. He's got all the systems, and it's awesome. Sometimes I think you can almost sense, you know, which teams really practice and which teams have st- structure in place, but not like that rigid structure, just kind of like we're going to practice. We're going to do things in practice that simulate game situations or they, or they kind of shift um, – you know, momentum to one side or the other, whether it's the defensive side or the offensive side of things. But I just think that, um, you know, as a as a, a fan and kind of a reporter around the team, just watching the way you guys have practiced this season, I think it, I it's made all the difference. I just think, you know, just seeing the way that the, the guys operate in practice. It, it's the most – it's where you spend most of your time as a team anyway. I mean, like, you really probably spend double or triple the time practicing. So if you're not doing things in that practice that are effective, um, I don't know. You know, I just – I noticed that today. There's 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 an edge that's in practice this year and a kind of a, a a sense that the guys are really dialed in. That That's what I take away from it this year. You know, it's, it's, it's something that um, – something that's a big improvement. But anyway, we, I, we came up with a new question recently yeah this is a new question i put it out actually on facebook recently and i got some responses but the question is if you're on 
like an eight-hour bus ride. Well, let's do like one of the Fed rides. It's a 13-hour bus ride. Well, 25 last year from Watertown to Columbus. Oh, my God. That must have been brutal. Yeah, no, oh, my God. But, but there you go. Perfect example. And you're going to, you know, somewhere in the middle of the ride, you're going to stop. Um, you're, you're empty. You're hungry. Uh, you're going to stop at the loaded gas station of your choice. It could be your favorite loaded gas station now. Okay, now wait. What do you come out with? What do I come out with? Right? Now you could, you could tell us the gas station, and then you could tell us what snacks you, you know, you'd come out with from there. Honestly, I, I don't even know the names of the gas stations down here. We just, wherever we pull <laughs> in, you know, they're all... Well, just in case there's something special. You yeah, know, you know, you I know. mean, I... What do you that's, come that's out That's a with? tough one because I usually try and keep it pretty clean, especially, uh -oh. you know, on the way to the game. You know, if, if it's on the way back, you know, I might get a Reese's or something <laughs> and treat, treat myself. But I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, or even, uh, like, I'll bring snacks, too, sometimes just to <laughs> save money or whatnot, make a couple sandwich, PB&J sandwiches. Right. Well, that's, that's the way yeah. you do it. But yeah, if, treat. You know, you're in that situation. But you're in the situation where this is your only hope to eat right yeah, now. Yeah, to eat. Um some sweet, yeah. I guess like Re Reese, Reese's. That's my, that's like my go-to chocolate bar if I'm gonna treat myself. The guy's seven foot, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. He's worried about eating one Reese's peanut yeah. butter cup. Oh no, no, you gotta go king size. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you're eating five of them or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, like I'm trying to think of what else. I would what are you have. drinking? Like a vitamin water, man. Ooh, well, yeah. vitamin okay. water. Okay, vitamin you got like that. Specific yeah. flavor. Um. I don't know the red one, whatever that yeah. one. The red one's <laughs> good. That raspberry, the classic is, red. Yeah. This is a dragon fruit. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dragon fruit. Now I, I the, see he makes these healthy choices here. Yeah, we're expecting you to say like, you know, large pizza, a couple of taquitos. Oh, you know? no, yeah, I, I gotta stay away from that, especially if you're on the bus for 25 hours. And oh yeah, it's gonna upset the stomach. A oh, bit forget there. it. Yeah. I don't want that fine on Monday. You no, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Tell us a little bit about uh, just what what are your plans even for the off season? Like when you get home, or you you work or do you skate with any particular coaches or anything, or even what you've done in the past? Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of varied. The past couple summers after school, they're actually stayed in Grand Rapids, and uh, we just had kind of pick up hockey throughout the summer. A bunch of good players, junior and whatnot, a couple pro players. So I was on the ice maybe twice a week just doing that uh i think last last summer wasn't able to do much uh you know just rented the ice a couple times before being in port elgin so they take out the ice there i think the closest ice is in owen sound wow and they only well they have two pods but they only keep one in there and it's pretty expensive too what's the point of taking out the ice in the summer up there well they have lacrosse going oh, there. oh yeah yeah so they keep half for lacrosse and then Know, rentals on the one side but uh yeah i've done landscaping past couple summers but like i said past couple weeks i've been trying to find something more mechanical engineering wise and which i'd have to go probably to the city like waterloo kitchener to find something there but i'm yeah i'm still working on that you know updating the resume right now and <laughs> all that fun stuff yeah and being that you're on that championship team last year is there any like advice you've been dishing out to the guys you know some of the younger players that have come in this year and you know this might be the first run at a championship well like i said like playoffs is a completely different game you know trying to preach just what, well, what i know is last year it's just 
teams that make the least amount of st- mistakes and it's just simple hard hockey like you don't see you know saucer passes through the middle of the ice and all that stuff it's just straight up the boards chip you know get it deep and yeah just completely different game different style which is what we've been trying to do this week and practice and stuff just simple plays and practicing hard I wanted to ask you it looked like I'm not 100% sure did you make the trip to City Field to see the Mets we did yeah. did you make was that you had you ever been in New York like did you spend much time in New York City before my first time was probably a month or two ago to wow. visit a friend he was actually visiting New York City so I yeah I made the trip down i Went for three hours there. It was, it was pretty cool. You know, went out for dinner and uh, was a place with all the games. I forget the name of it. Uh, like all the mini games, you know, and, uh, not Buster, Dave and Buster. Dave and Buster. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Went there, played some games, had some, some food, paid $60 for parking. Nice. Tough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was You cool. drove down? Yeah, I Oh, drove my down. goodness. Why, yeah. You could have just like hopped on the train. The guys don't even want to do it. Yeah. Was that like eight bucks to take the train? Probably like something like that. I, like, I was looking it up. I thought you had to drive down. Well, you could just else. have to transfer over, but yeah. it, it it can get complicated. I yeah. guess it could be a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it was kind of a last minute thing, but yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. Was that your first major league baseball game, or you go? No, to... Well, I've Jays. I've been to probably two or three Jays games back home. It's been a while though. Probably probably ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. That's pretty crazy because, I mean, it, it, I I think about that a lot. Like, you guys are so tied up up here, and the city is so close, but it might as well be so far away, you know, Yeah. with skating every day and, and stuff like that. But it looks like you guys made a few trips. It looks like you guys made a few trips down there, brown bagging it. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, but. Well, I mean. Again, thank you for coming on this week. We look forward to, uh, you know, seeing you play this first round of the playoffs and um, obviously the best of luck. Thank you. It was really great having you in, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Jacob Rackliff, winger on the Danbury Hattricks, and you're listening to Hattrick City on WXCI. And ladies and gentlemen, just like that, that will bring episode 23 to a close. I have been your host, DJ Patty Cake, and Dean Joke Matt has also been here with us in the studio. Um, it's definitely going to be a fun weekend, you know, that opening round of playoffs. And, you know, we're very excited to be going along uh, for the ride on this Elmira trip, you know, to see if there is kind of a difference in Elmira, at least the scene of the crowds, if it's different in a playoff atmosphere. Um, but it's it's going to be a fun weekend. And, you know, we're really pumped for this playoff run. Really are feeling a lot of things are going to go on knocking on wood obviously make sure everything's okay um but yeah again thank you to riley for coming on this week and you know having a fun chat with us and fans we will be seeing you on saturday so you know again make sure to go watch the hat tricks on youtube and yeah support the boys and get ready for that playoff run and let's go hat tricks